Welcome to Asia New Horizons, where law enforcement practitioners and academics get together to share knowledge and ideas to shape the future of crime analysis. Hello, good morning. Um, I'm Mark Nuttall. My background is, is as an officer within the Metropolitan Police Service. So I was a detective, um, a warranted police officer. For those of you in the um, in the other jurisdictions of the world, what does that mean? That means that I had full um, policing powers and um, litigious powers that enabled me to arrest, detain, interview individuals that were of suspicion to myself, um, justifiably, the police service, um, and to be able to search and seize their properties dependent on the legislation enacted. So we had a full range of powers. In some jurisdictions, that's not the same. Um, some officers can't do that, and policing doesn't mean the same over each jurisdiction. Um, I then went on to uh, form a consultancy on an international basis, so worked over in jurisdictions like the Caribbean, Jamaica, um, around that region, and then the Middle East as well, most notably Abu Dhabi, Dubai, um, trained some of the senior leadership teams in Abu Dhabi in relation to um, standardised leadership, um, management, and investigation and how to handle other officers within that investigation portfolio. Um, critical instance, obviously. Um, and some, some fraud uh, intelligence work over in, over in Dubai um, and some, some, other, some other work as well. So crisis management, risk management, uh, risk assessment, uh, and some, some, other, some other specialisms after that. I then went on to join Interpol. Interpol was very enjoyable. Um, it's, it's not policing. It is the facilitation and leadership of policing entities throughout the world. When I say leadership, I mean in terms of how uh, policing is, is facilitated by essentially what are maybe government entities in certain countries, or uh, civil entities in other countries or military entities in some other jurisdictions. Um, I was in the Organising Emergence Crime Director, Directorate specialising in environmental crime, but it's environmental crime from a different lens because it's a, essentially a back, a soft back door intro into traditional recidivist crime. When I was in the Metropolitan Police Service, I was uh, within one of the senior investigative units, which was the special intelligence section of the Metropolitan Police. We dealt with um, very, very specialist, long-term organised crime investigations in relation to drugs, firearms, real organised crime families, and we had remit um, across, obviously, uh, the, the relevant jurisdictions within the United Kingdom that make up the power base for that. Um, but we had uh, an availability and a freedom to be able to liaise with our international colleagues in relation to uh, gaining, say, interception material from jurisdictions that allowed that. So it was very, very sexy work, let's put it that way. <laughs> and um, within the arc of Interpol, 
I utilize those uh, those nuggets of wisdom to be able to assist other police officers in other jurisdictions with covert uh, surveillance technique uh, techniques within their own legal frameworks because I always tried to learn their legal frameworks before I went over to go and assist them. So countries like Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, Indonesia, China, um, Vietnam, Thailand, uh, countries like that over this, this side of the world, Singapore as well, and then um, throughout MENA and, and Europe, we were dealing with those arcs as well. Um, so I then went on to um, run a uh, PI, private investigation firm, risk management firm over here in Singapore. Um, that was owned via Allied Universal and uh, group, group four as well, so G4S, uh, but I had the uh, uh, power of attorney here to make the relevant business and legal decisions and to run the full profit and loss sheet. So I understand about business. I understand about, uh, so, so I've, I've got two arcs essentially. So corporate and government. So I understand the full range of applicability to that. Um, I've just been made, it sounds like an epilogue this, it sounds like a CV, doesn't it? But it's, it, it, it's um, I've just been made an expert by the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organised Crime. So they validated that I actually know what I'm talking about, which is which is nice. It's not just me saying that I know these things. It's a it's a United Nations um, uh, organization that's validated by the United Nations. So, um, um, and it's it's quite a well known one. There's only 500 of us throughout the world, and I think about 60 within Asia that have been noted as being so. Um, I've also wrote. Uh, chapters in academic books so bribery corruption geopolitics investigation in the handbook of i think security and environment so a very specialist book really good to read not not my section maybe but the rest of the sections are really interesting (laughs) um and then i've uh, i'm part of the uh rusey shoc which is the Royal Royal United Services Institute. And I wrote wrote an article for who or what are the police and why organised crime succeeds, in in my personal opinion. (laughs) And I've just finished being a committee member for the development of the pre-employment background screen and vetting guidelines for ACES, ACES International, which is the leading security standard setter um, throughout the world. So... That's me in a in a nutshell, uh, probably taking up twenty minutes of time, but uh, yeah, that's me. Um, so that was a very extensive CV. I think if you ever apply for a job again, just send them the link to this, and they could just hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give the go page to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, all jokes put aside. Like Mark, you've done so much. Like you have, <laughs> you. you're everywhere. Um, you're tapping into the academic world. Wow, what a decision! Um, <laughs> and you're also woeful, woeful. <laughs> I just spend my days just tapping on a keyboard. Yeah, right. and you're also um, some people. Some people might call you a pracademic. I don't like that word, but some people I think might call you. A pr- I, think, I think it's more pracademic that more, more <laughs> most people call me. But yeah, some people do call me that. <laughs> but you have had a phenomenal career and you're still 
you're still striving um and that's why I reached out to you because I have you on LinkedIn and I'm always like oh wow like look what you're doing here and there and for those that don't follow you on LinkedIn follow follow him um and follow Mark and see see what he's getting up to so Mark I want to know what intelligence means to you because ultimately you've seen different types of intelligence and well how we turn information into intelligence through the different sectors that you're placed in so what does intelligence mean for you and how has it been used within your workplace if there's any success stories or top tips it'd be great to hear them okay so intelligence has first got to be understood as to what it is (laughs) because in the, the words information and intelligence get mixed up commonly so what is information what is intelligence how does information get converted to intelligence because initially it's got to start off as raw information what happens in a lot of sectors um, that haven't had any uh, understanding of policing or what policing is all about or analysis or, or what the real world of intelligence looks like will take information and just place that in front of people without doing any analysis, without creating any actionable insights from it, because that's the main key. That's kind of the buzzwords on it, actionable insights. Intelligence, not information, has got to be actionable because without that, you just sat on a mass of data, which is where information comes in. So when we're looking at information, information is... Um, it, it can either be factual or it can be fictional, um, but it, it derives from knowledge. So what is in some of the books that are at the back of me on my shelves at the moment, some of it hasn't been changed into what can commonly be termed as intelligence. All it is and I say all it is, it's very complex, but what it is, is words on a page. And those words on a page have got to be converted into something that's meaningful, that allows you to go on a path and has been worked over in somebody's mind or or a group of people's minds. There is a lot of talk about you utilising, about converting information to intelligence through the use of machine learning, through the use of artificial intelligence. But essentially, is that then converted to intelligence or is it just processed through an algorithm that will treat it in the same way on each occasion because of the learned actions that it is picked up from uh, people's inputting? So as I was saying at the start of this call, many jurisdictions deal with um, deal with matters in different ways have different processes have different policies so if I'm going to say deal with intelligence in the United Kingdom it'll be in a very different way and, and I say deal with intelligence in the police service within the United Kingdom it'll be in a very different way to the way that the military deals with it in the United Kingdom the military deals with intelligence as that tree over there is green The police deal with it as how far away is that tree? Why is it green? For what purpose? Who is around that tree? 
why um, why are the leaves on it green? How has that green come about? And there's loads of other questions involved in that process. It's it's that process is analysed, and there's justification on that because of case law, because of the way that um, uh, intelligence has been dealt with over the years and for what purpose. You can't just say something is something without analysis and evidence and peer review at the back of it. And then it goes on to the relevant jurisdictions as well. So if you then have, uh, if you're then dealing with intelligence or information in, in Spain and then converting that to intelligence, it'll be in a different way into a different format and to a different lens than I in the UK will deal with it which is why you have organisations like Interpol, you have the United Nations, you have various other international organisations, and non-governmental organisations who then attempt to facilitate, to have an understanding of what it is like to deal with a topic in a certain jurisdiction because it's different from country to country to country to culture to culture to culture to legislative process to legislative process it changes so the general interpretation of intelligence yes there might be a dictionary definition of it but in practical terms there isn't it depends where you go depends what you do it depends which sector you're in so does that does that matter and it's the same for the corporate sector as well the corporate sector deal with information and the conversion to it to intelligence in a different way as well there are there is some overarching architecture and scaffolding to that but essentially it's dealt with differently and there are different firewalls and frameworks around that intelligence yeah absolutely that makes sense and when i sort of um when i've done research in the past i've interviewed both um police um personnel versus military uh, personnel and you can see the difference in terms of how information uh, is then sort of actioned into intelligence and how that process works and although they're very similar they are very different at the same time in terms of what the the end goal Um, so that does that does make sense right so based on all different 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 output it's a different output as well for a different reason so if you're dealing with the uh, the in the situation that's occurring at the moment, that that military element of it will be fast action intelligence. There won't be any substantial um, analysis done mm. at the back of it. It'll be quick fire stuff. There's a there's a certain person from a certain country over in this certain location, yeah. Rather than the the reasons why, and and then being able to action those reasons why. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna. What do you? What, who do you prefer? Who have you preferred working with in terms of public, private sector? Who have you thought? Yeah, I like what you're doing here. This this works. For different reasons. It's for di- it's for it's for completely different reasons. So if I'm if I'm in the UK police, for example, the way that that's processed over the years, it's a it's a, it's a beer month. It's it's absolutely it's a juggernaut of an organisation. It's a public place in the UK, and it's been built up layer after layer after layer after layer. And you have to know so much. You have to understand so much. It's not just the case of a kind of a, a dim-witted Bobby 
with a bendy truncheon running down the street after somebody clobbering them over the head. You have to understand statute, case law, justification, so many different forms of, uh, of legal precedent. Um, what's going to happen at court? You have to be thinking six steps ahead or think court on a permanent basis. The information that you have in front of you, say you're making a rapid decision-making process, there's a guy further up the street, uh, he's running, he, he looks like he's um, doing something nefarious, for example. You in your brain have got to turn that information into intelligence rapidly. It's got to, you've got to do that analysis over and then you compound that with different layers. So, um, you know, 20 years ago, you'd be, you'd be kind of on your radio, right, okay, uh, you know, male running up the street, X, Y, and Z, going in this direction. Is there any information on this? <sighs> yeah, there is. Dun, dun, dun. And then that would layer your process. If you're a specialist detective or you're leading a group of specialist detectives, you have then got to look at the information that is in front of you You've got to assign certain people certain things, utilising that information that you have, creating, analysing it, creating an intelligence profile of, right, can that individual, and, and this is a kind of a leadership arc as well, can that individual do that task and can they do it in a succinct manner to your expectations? And that, again, is, is another turning information to intelligence profile because you, you're consistently analysing processes and turning it into intelligence. Intelligence is actionable. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's got to be something that you utilise. So you, within this call, you've looked at me, the information's out there on me, you've analysed it, you've turned it into your own intelligence and you've got in contact with me. You've actioned that piece of work. You've looked at what I've done, where I've been and what I am, and am I a decent candidate to be able to interview for this, this uh, organisation that you're currently working for? So... There's, there's, there's a whole arc on it. If you, if you look at it from that perspective, it's fine. And then what you do is then you apply it to task or you apply it to sector. Okay, so with the background that I've got, I can apply it across a wide range of dynamics. If I've come from a different jurisdiction or I've been a different type of police officer or I am going to be a detective or I haven't been in a corporate environment, I couldn't then I could not then apply that to different realms because I wouldn't have the experience, the knowledge, or the capability to be able to do it. And it's all for different purposes. Um, you know, I apply what I've done previously in my experience to some of the papers that I've written, to some of the academic work that I do, to some of the situation pieces that I, I write, or thought leadership or whatever it might be. So it, it, it's it's all about taking that and applying it just to a different set, because that's what we're made to do as humans. We're made to look at something, identify whether or not it's useful to us. You know, can we, can we eat that thing? Can we not? We process it in our heads. Intelligence is formed. We go and do whatever is, is requisite. I think sometimes we make it too complicated. I think we make these situations too complicated. I think that industry and professionalism has made it too complicated as well. It, it's, um, it, it's, it's relatively simple. Convert something to something and, and don't make it complicated because the person or the people or the organisational structure then can't understand why they're doing those, those actions or processes, essentially. They, 
I remember, you know, they've kind of re- respun the wheel over and over within various professions, policing, military, etc. A load of different acronyms appear, a load of different ways of doing things appear. It's essentially the same process, but they add things into it. There is no reason to do that, <laughs> apart from maybe to publish a paper or to get a pay increase, uh, to become a, yeah. you know, uh, uh, chief superintendent instead of the superintendent. So it's 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 all about being able to to sim- for me for me it's about simplification, and it's about being able to write in a way or to do things in a way that people understand. Don't be dry with things. If you're dry with things, then people are never going to gain the emotional context to to what you're trying to get over to people. The only place, and even then, but the only place where you can be truly dry is mathematics. (laughs) And even then, some some people spark it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maths. No, thank you. But you speak in <laughs> such lay terms. And if only it was that easy. Um, because you're right. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I'm in Canada at the moment and I was speaking with um, police officers uh, <laughs> and, and individuals and they were showing me these different ways of making decisions. So they have the NIM on their board because they love it yeah. uh from yeah, the uk right. obviously yeah. and then they have a similar model that they've developed but it, it's just a sexier version yeah and no i need. you know just, th- no oh, there is no need but i mean just 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 admit it's a decent process and just use it <laughs> just <laughs> you know, admit you know I mean? the brits are good at what they do <laughs> we yeah, are a key I mean, player We've done it for you know nearly a thousand and odd years, so why do, right. why why not why not <laughs> you, you yeah. know dispel this throughout the world and no matter what people like or don't like we've we've put you know we've we've taken the the key components of of knowledge and we've tweaked them a little bit and then dispelled them across the known universe yeah. and 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 then they've been they've been tweaked as well but there's an over tweak and there's an there's an over complication to things mm. i once had to so within the uh, promotion process at various different places why an appraisal is not in place anymore and you've then got to do it on certain criteria and you've got to score a certain amount and you and it's it's complicated it's so complicated that hr can't explain it you know it, it, these these things are just are just not meant to be. Humans are quite simplistic creatures. They just want to know what is the next thing to do, or, or where to go, or where to. Yeah. You know, we're still we're still we're still in that mind frame. We always will be. Of right, okay, what's what? Why is that over there? And yeah. what is this there for? And that's that's intelligence in a, in a very small nutshell. It's it's taking that information, absorbing it through your eyes, your ears, or your nose or your mouth or whatever and then just converting it just analyzing the the informa- information that's there and then it becomes intelligence that's the point of it that's why the word is called intelligence a word is called intelligence so yeah it's it's relatively simple to me but i'm a simple northern english guy so i've got to convert it into simple northern for, for my brain okay so thank you for that description. Uh, it was very useful and it, it makes a lot of sense. Legitimacy, transparency. What do those two terms mean to you in terms of 
what you're doing, your experiences within this field? Legitimacy in itself, right? There's, there's, right so let's let's move transparency out of the way for a moment. Um, leg- legitimacy in itself depends on the context. So if it's legitimacy in terms of information, it's whether that information is true or not. It's whether that information should be within the intelligence profile and has it been analysed correctly to become intelligence or is it false information or is it information that has been snuck in, in true information but it's been placed in the system to divert attention to something else or it is something that is true but it has been placed in the system not just to divert but to influence as well. So legitimacy on that part of the information intelligence framework. Then you've got legitimacy in terms of, is it legal to do? Can you do it? For what purpose? In which jurisdiction? Can it be transferable? Is it globally applicable? Is it regionally applicable? Is it nationally applicable? Um, is 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 my role? Is it is it a licensed role? Is it not a licensed role? Within government, has this individual got the right powers to be able to say that this information is intelligence or not? Because in some jurisdictions, you've got to be a government officer to do certain things and to categorise things in certain ways. Um, and and that that wholeheartedly then comes on to kind of another another juncture, which is okay. If I'm in an organisation, say like one of the non-governmental organisations, within this facilitation process, am I being independent enough away from my own jurisdiction or or away from my bias set? And can I apply what I know, my wisdom, my interpretation of things to this certain jurisdiction for this reason? And if I am, and it is, isn't legitimate within this jurisdiction or it's going over the arcing powers of this jurisdiction, then am I converting things and converting information to these individuals that will then utilise it and then will be caught up in a system of a kind of duplicity and illegality? Another great explanation. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm on a roll this morning. I've had my tea. It's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, transparency. Um, people are trying to pull the word transparency over a lot of different cultures, frameworks, jurisdictions, academic uh, processes at the moment to try and get at is this true or is it not or is it made up or is it not or is it nefarious or is it not or are these people corrupt or are they not? I live over a side of the world that works in a relationship. In fact, there are only certain certain countries that work in truly transactional contexts that all they want is a transaction from one thing to another and their processes, their policies, their frameworks are all made for the transaction, not the cultural relationship. You've got to remember that in a lot of jurisdictions that culture, 
family relationships are all the weaving mechanisms for that society. And that society believes that that is the right way to go about doing things, business, whatever. It's only when other more shouty, <laughs> shouty countries or um, inf- I don't want to use the word influential, but inf- uh, countries who wish to influence then create an issue in other countries. This is the way that it's worked for centuries, generations, thousands of years, not just of ages, but thousands of years. Um, you know, take some jurisdictions that have been around for 4,000 years, for example, and then take a jurisdiction that's been around for 200, 300 years. And their frameworks have only been around for 70 years, whereas the other frameworks have been around for centuries. It, 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 it's, it, it then starts to create tension. Dialogues are broken. International relations are broken because the uh, officials from one country or jurisdictions don't understand the culture of another one and are critical of that culture. And then that other culture criticizes the other culture and then it starts to break up. So transparency and the, and the, the, the transparency dialogue can be actually non-beneficial. You need to work with cultures and countries to be able to understand why they work in a certain way and not just be critical of the way in which they are working. And that, to me, is key. That, that's why I've been mildly successful in different countries, because I try and understand. I try and gain a, gain a sight on, on why they're doing what they're doing, what their frameworks are, what their culture is why they work in a certain way. I don't try and be a Caucasian British guy from the north of England. You know, I try and understand and, and do it through a different lens. The same way as in, as in London, for example. London is a melting pot of different cultures, it's, you know, different kind of civilizations within, within London, tiny pockets, tiny villages, who all then meld together to do the work, and the, uh, the processes that I need to do. And I think that was the key for me, uh, you know, is that is that you need to understand that to do a job like policing in the UK where you're front facing, where it's all about um, making sure that you're utilising the right tools in your toolboxes, that you're doing conflict resolution, because that's the key. And I don't think that with this transparency art that people yet have understood what that means to them and what it means to other countries. And actually, some of the countries that are, are pushing transparency in inverted commas, I don't like using air quotes, but let's use them. Um, transparency, they're not actually transparent. Their systems are, are broken. Their systems don't, um, don't give lens to be able to see what's behind the curtain either. But it's in a more, it's in, it's in a different way. They're portraying themselves to be transparent. So it, it, it's for me transparency is is kind of a, a redundant word in this day and age. In terms of information and intelligence, the problem is is that inside 
of a policing mechanism or inside of a military mechanism. There will always be firewalls in terms of where information has come from to turn that information into intelligence or what processes there have been to turn that information into intelligence. Who it's gone through, what do those, where are those people from, what do they look like, what are their qualifications? How can they turn that information to intelligence? And, and how does it sit on systems? And what systems does it sit on? And can they be influenced? Is there, is there applicability to be able to amend that information or that intelligence that have been, have been converted? So transparency within those organisations or those structures is, is not there. It's there within the system. And if necessary, disclosure points can be brought in to try and comment upon the methodologies and typologies used to protect or to convert that intelligence. But transparency, true transparency, i.e. what are all the processes? What is the framework? What are the systems? Who has been involved in this? Is not there and, 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 and won't be there because of um, certain certain reasons such as and people bring up all the time now you know like national uh, national security or policing security or just security in general uh, and there's known stated cases in, in relation to certain jurisdictions that protect that part of of that process yeah yeah you speak you talk you talk about things that we are we see being an issue but it's it's like it's an elephant in the room. Does that make sense? Like no one really taps into it as as much as they should. Um, yeah. So yeah, when I was listening, I was really engaged. Did you see my face? I was really engaged in that conversation. I, I mean, <laughs> Thank you. I was just like, yes, <laughs> you need to publish on this. Get more people talking about it. Um, no, so for you. those that are listening to this podcast, for those that are aspiring to be. Um, to, to get involved in law enforcement, have jobs in law enforcement, for those that are actually in law enforcement, what is your top tip for them in regards to the conversations we've had this evening? My top tip would be, in t- <laughs> there, are a lot of, there are a lot of contexts in relation to, to information, to intelligence, to analysis. But the first piece would be if this is if law enforcement, if individuals want to become law enforcement officers within jurisdictions within the UK, don't look at it as if you're going out there to save the universe, to save the world. You should be looking at it in relation to how do I help a person? And how do I assist people that have perhaps gone down the wrong path but want to change that pathway? And how do I use my discretion? And when is the right time? Sorry, I'll I'll phrase that differently. When is the right time to use my discretionary powers within the United Kingdom framework? And when is the right time to... um, to use my enforcement powers because an individual who has done an action and it's one sole action and 
is in a university, for example, in the United Kingdom and does something on a weekend for the first time that they would never have done before, that isn't affecting anybody else, but is affecting them, then gets picked up by two versions of the police officer. One who says, here's a slap on the wrist, go home, don't do it again. And that person then gets on with the rest of their lives with that story and a memory with them, has family, has children, contributes to society, contributes to academia, contributes to their profession. Or another one that gets arrested and gets processed and gets put through the system. And then he either has a, uh, an order against him or, or her um, or a uh, caution, etc., that will affect their career, their, um, their studies, their family. They might never have a family. They might never be able to publish. They might not be able to get a job. They might not be able to contribute to society in the same way that they could before. So my word of caution to police officers or, or ambitious or, or potential police officers understand your reasons for wanting to become a police officer within somewhere like the United Kingdom. And I'll use this as my point of reference because it's my vast point of reference is that there is freedom to be able to make decisions. Being a police officer is a decision-making process and before going into policing, you need to understand that it's about people. It's about their lives, no matter whether they are portrayed as being good or bad. It's typically the grey and the indifferent that you will find is human beings with families. So use your decision-making process and use the experience that you have to reinforce your justifiable decisions. Does that does that make sense? I tried to mic mic drop. Yeah, that does <laughs> make <laughs> that does make sense, and I think it's really good advice, um, especially for someone like you that's had such a um, a great career, um, still doing what you do, and you've had so many experiences. You've probably seen so many different things uh, throughout your time within law enforcement. So I think that's a good bit of advice. And if I was joining the police i would listen to this podcast mark <laughs> thank you thank you so much <laughs> um it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, you and you um giving up some of your time this morning um i know you're in singapore right singapore yeah singapore, so yeah. it's beautiful early. sunny singapore <laughs> yeah we've got well in canada we had freezing rain i think in the uk they had blue skies this morning but i, d- I don't know much more after that probably rain and, gray uh, gray and gray yes I would say but no it's been an absolute pleasure so thank you so much for joining me um, on this podcast thank you you so much you're welcome